thank you for joining us for the first time in this campaign setting. My name is Kenny, I'm your Dungeon Master, and this is the first episode and session of the Yalzar campaign that I have dubbed the Coalition Campaign. My players are many in number and all wonderful, starting with Austin. I'm going to be playing uh, Paluvial, uh, the bard, L, to his friends. We have Jessica. Hello. I am Adara. I'm a high elf druid. We have Jesse. Hello. My name is Jesse. I'm playing Valentis, the warlock, a drow warlock. Um, Devin. Hello, I am Devin. Um, I am playing Ferong Nightleaf. The High Elf Rogue. Uh, Sydney. Hello. Um, I'll be playing Vexation, the Tiefling Warlock. Dylan. Uh, I'm Dylan, and I'll be playing the uh, Gnome Artificer Boomer. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, his name's Bumble Bright Jim. Uh, he's, a, <laughs> he's a mountain gnome, uh, but he's Boomer to his friends. Gotcha. And Jeffrey, bringing up the rear. Hello, I will be playing Garen, the Dragonborn Fighter. Alright, so in the precursor session that no one heard because we didn't record it, all of these wildly different characters from all corners of the world of Yalzar have been brought to the great city of Yal itself, for there is something brewing in the world, and great heroes are being called from everywhere. Each of you have a, have come to Yal with your own uh, accomplices or alone and are sitting in a grand lobby-like room. You easily see each other and also a vast multitude of other people. You see great mercenaries like the Rust Dwarves, uh, some of the, the, the monk-like groups from the Yalzar Minor, uh, people from everywhere. Even the most worldly of you would be somewhat amazed probably to see such an array of individuals in your presence and after about some great time you send you spend either you know twiddling your thumbs or engaging in conversation with some of the other interesting folks you are all brought to the attention of a half orc man who stands at a pedestal at the head of the room he demands your attention but is polite about it You've met this man a couple of times since your arrival at Yao. For some of you, he gave you the invitational letter that brought you to this building. Others, you have just seen him around in this room for the past hour or so. But you all recognize him immediately, and understand that he is clearly someone of importance in this whole process. He introduces himself as Melzed Dunn, and he thanks you all for coming to an attendance for this meeting. He understands that all of you are here for different reasons and does not value any of them over any else. Honestly, they don't matter. Simply that you answer the call is what's important. He then allows himself to have the honor to introduce someone of great importance to the entirety of this room. A moment later, a very pale-skinned, tall, and slender man walks into the room from inside of an ornate double door. He is escorted by two of the guard of Yao, accomplished warriors and masterful in the arts of security and keeping the great city safe. This tall and pale man 
slowly slinks his way up. You can see the age in his step, but not in his face. He walks up to the pedestal and raises his hand to greet you all very warmly and speaks with a soft, powerful, and authoritative tone. It is my greatest of honor to introduce myself to you fantastic individuals. My name is Mull Doren, and I am the leader of this would-be coalition. I have sent word to all of the great houses, all of the not great houses, and everything in between of this vast and wonderful world that we call home. It is with great displeasure, I must point out, however, that makes me call this vast and array of people. For you see, or at least some of you may have heard, of the great tragedy that befell the four elemental crystals that hold this world together some time ago. And it has come upon my shoulders to make the decision to do something about potential future endeavors involving these crystals. So, to answer the question that is likely on everyone's to answer the question that is likely on everyone's mind that stands in this room, I will tell you why you are here. Each of you will be put into teams of varying sizes and skill levels, and you will be assigned a logistical officer to assist you in your given task in preparing the crystals from any would-be offense that might come its way. For you see, I have spoken to every king, queen, monarch, or otherwise governing force in the world, and we have collectively decided that it would behoove every man, woman, and child, and other to protect these four crystals with the combined might of Yalzar. For if we do not, and they come, come under attack again, and some great duress brings them to sunder, the world could end. And I do not mean that to scare you, I mean that to inspire you. If you would notice, inside of the envelopes that every single one of you has received since your appearance here, there will be a number inside, and a clay tablet of some color. You will notice along the rim of this room, there is a door that corresponds to the potential colors you will find in those envelopes. I ask that you take your clay tablet and go to those doors. Please, the order in which you line up for these doors is not important, only that you go. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your blood, your sweat, and may the world know your time given. Thank you. At that point, the man that has introduced himself as Mul Dorin begins to walk out of the room, still guided and assisted by the two guards that led him to the pedestal in the first place. And as the door closes, almost as if recess bell in an elementary school, immediately everyone flips open their envelopes and runs in, in different directions in accordance to the given directions. How does the party of people react? I'm colorblind. Uh, likewise, with opening the envelope and, and walking towards the assigned door. Okay. And I assume yeah, everyone... I, 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 <clears throat> go ahead. I open up the, the thing and walk towards whatever assigned door I'm in. All right. Garen would also thing. slowly walk towards the door, but with more of a bemused look on his face, unimpressed with the flurry of activity around him. Um... I cautiously make my way to where I'm supposed to go, but I am uh, very stressed out about the chaos around me. 
it is unfortunately a great displeasure for for some amount of the people that I'm speaking to directly as the party. For some of you came here with friends. Some of you came here with close, almost relative-like individuals. Uh, especially for uh, Adara, who is looking to mm-hmm. her kin druids and is having to say goodbye to them. You walk in different directions. And yet, you all have revealed, within the envelopes you had been given, a slightly faded yellow clay tablet with an, with an array of symbols on them. Anyone who can read Draconic can identify the etchings. Garen would look at the tablet and read it, um, seeing as he can read and speak said language. Uh, you have the number three on your tablet. And can anyone else read Draconic? Possibly the Dragonborn? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Garen is reading it. Yeah, and he his tablet has the number three on it. Uh, well, uh, I can't, no, I can't read that. Okay. I can't read. Period. <laughs> All right. So everyone everyone goes and lines up at their door, and your door only has you all in it. Uh, and a moment later, a gong is rung in the middle of the room by the half-orc who introduced uh, Mal Doren before he spoke. And then at the sound of the gong, the doors before you open, and you are all beckoned inwards to the room's that are separate from this main uh, large circular auditorium. I'm going to presume um, you guys do what you're told. Yeah, Farong's going to do what he's told. Yeah, for now, Garen's kind of just following parade before him. Yeah, I'm just going to follow everybody else in. Really. Gotcha. Although, I would, Garen would look around. Is our party smaller or larger than a bunch of the other assembled ones? Most of the parties are somewhere between your party's size and only slightly larger. Uh, there's okay. even a couple that are a little smaller. Um, you guys seem to be about the average size. This would please Garen. All right, you all walk into what is initially a relatively dim room. Uh, those with dark vision would see a desk ahead of you before the lights of the torches flicker on, quite magically, I would add. And the door closes behind the last person to walk in. Sitting at this desk in a relatively pleasant-sized room, certainly uh, large enough to welcome the entire party, is a small framed man uh, wielding a quill as if it was a sword. <clears throat> as you all walk in, he, in, he stands up and sort of dusts himself off and sort of uh, sheepishly introduces himself. Uh, he goes, oh, oh, oh sorry, um... Hello, thank you for coming. If you would all please take a seat. My name is Bagdura Zor. I am your logistical officer, and I will be assisting you in your task. And as you hear him introduce himself, you notice that there is an array of, uh, of chairs that look relatively comfortable before you. Well, I'm going to go sit in that chair. Sure. And Likewise. Garen would sit, but he would pick a back corner. Not a back corner, but one of the chairs in the back row. Okay. If they're in rows. They're, they're, sure. That's fine. (laughs) Directly up to Badura's or 
It should be no. Do we have our equipment on us at this point? Yeah, you would have everything with you that you would normally carry with you. All right, then he would drape his halberd across his lap, probably inconveniencing the person next to him. <laughs> All right, uh, what was I that? I Jesse were... trying to say something there. Yeah, what are you... No, I'm sorry, that I didn't come through all that clear. Um, that Valid will walk directly up to Badura Zor and just kind of look down at him and then slowly turn to take a seat. Um, the the sort of almost librarian-looking individual is wearing very nice robes that you notice upon further inspection, but he does not cower from your obvious inspection of him, although he is very obviously unnerved by it. Fantastic. Uh, L will be right behind the other man uh, to greet the librarian-esque man and gives him his hand to shake and gives him a great greasy smile and is exceedingly charming in his greeting. Sure. He <laughs> says, hello, very nice to meet you, sir. He sort of taking a seat. nods and... <laughs> Sort of smiles a little weakly, but as you all, uh, Boomer, good. Oh no, Boomer was just gonna, you know, gonna kind of like just take a seat, get out and you know, take his uh, thunder stick out and just kind of like polish it a little bit. Thunder cannon Easy now. or thunder stick? Thunder, thunder cannon. His his boomstick. Gotcha. Um, and Adara sits towards the back as well and just watches everyone. Okay. Can, at this time, for the first time, an actual, a, a good, solid moment, the party actually has a, a very uh, undistracted opportunity to get a good look at each other. Would I be able to ask everyone to give a brief one to two sentence description of what your character approximately looks like? Uh, I will start with Geheran. Oh, sorry. Yes. Garen is... Mountainous would be a good word. He is easily almost seven feet tall and bristling with muscles. His scales are almost a shining silver, and the chainmail about his body is rather noisy as he sits and moves about, rustling to try and get comfortable. And vexation. Sorry, I'm muting myself in, like, different ways, which is not good. <laughs> My apologies. That's fine. Fixation um, is a not too incredibly tall, but not too incredibly short. She's she's medium-sized. Um, short black hair, uh, trimmed horns, long tail, um, ruddy kind of red skin, uh, uh, dark kind of muddy eyes as well. And she's adorned with any particular weaponry or armor? Um, she has some armor somewhere. I think she has, yeah, she has studded leather armor. Um, she has twin daggers at her hips um, and a, a large kind of sack attached to her belt as well um, that she keeps close by her her person um, and making sure that she has a hand on it when anybody gets a little too close to her. Okay, so a bit protective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valen Des. Well, Valen has a moppy head, shock white hair, 
His complexion is completely obsidian. Black that almost sheens in the light. Um, he stands about six foot one to two, which is very tall for a drow. He has two daggers on his back, crossed so as to pull from the back. Go for. He also has a uh, rapier draped at his side, um, which he, to sit down, takes the scabbard and rapier out and kind of sets it between his legs. Um, his dress is all black with a hood, long, almost trench coat-like coattails. Okay. Um, L? Uh, Blue L uh, is a long, skinny stretch of a man with uh, fine black curls and a fashionable haircut. He smells like perfume and he looks like money. His, uh, his clothes are silk. His necktie is silk. The rapier at his belt, if you have an eye for such things, looks like it's worn with the stain. And the hilt looks like it's never been gripped in anger. Um, he's he's a fop. <laughs> <laughs> what does Boomer look like? I'm you. Okay, so Boomer is uh, a, about three and a half feet tall. He's uh, kind of an older gnome. Uh, he has a uh, big, bushy, black and white beard. Uh, he wears a straw hat, uh, as well as... Uh, Overalls over his uh, scale shirt, with uh, his uh, and a. Uh, I guess not many people would know what the uh, what it would be, but his boomstick, his thunder cannon, is uh, kind of a mix between a. Uh, uh, what are those things called? Like an old school musket and a Ghostbuster backpack. Gotcha. A blunderbuss with a backpack. Yeah, yeah, blunderbuss with a backpack. Uh, and uh, yeah. Farung is a about six foot two, slenderly built uh, high elf. Um, he has braided blonde hair, um, and he is adorned with studded leather that is green with gold trim, and also has an officer's insignia upon his breast. Um, on his person, he currently has a elvish style longsword and dagger, um, two quivers that hang from his hip that are bound together. Um, a longbow that he has taken off with his backpack and rested against his leg as he sat down. And Adara. Adara is quite a small little elf. Um, she's got... I'm sorry, I'm like looking for all my notes. <laughs> um, she has almost white bluish hair with uh, blue eyes that are flecked with gold. Um... She wears leather armor and has, so far, I've only gotten a couple weapons here, and that's the long, but she's a longbow and a dagger. And that's really all I have so far. So certain things that some of these characters would notice about each other that might not be immediately perceivable to the rest of the group. So just some things that I'm imposing upon you. Uh, bear in mind the following details. Not everyone's going to know. Only the people I mentioned. Adara and Farum are going to immediately recognize each other as stemming from the same part of the world. Uh, Adara, you'd recognize that he is probably one of the royal scouts of the capital. And in turn, Farum would recognize that she is one of the 
distant uh, elves of the druid circles. Tips Fedora, my lady. <laughs> Vexation and Valades would both immediately re- recognize that both of them are uh, a bit touched with the fiend. I'll look over and put two fingers to my forehead in recognition to her. Uh, she would slowly raise her brows and a, a small smile would play on her lips and she would do the same response. Uh, L would easily be able to discern any of the notable ranking or insignias that any of the people in the group uh, are adorned with. For example, uh, Farong's officer uh, insignia. That would also be immediately recognized by Garen, who has seen his fair share of uh, chevrons and replacements for chevrons, dependent upon the military. Um, and, uh, man, Boomer don't know these fucking people, but he just happened to be here. <laughs> he tries. <laughs> yes, sir, Bob, I am so happy to be here, outside of that cave. Mm. Although everyone would recognize that Boomer has a bit of an earthy smell to him that maybe he's tried to wash out, maybe he hasn't, who knows. I don't bathe too often. Uh, it, it, I like to sweat the shine back into the bottle. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so after after that uh, that interesting little moment that all the characters probably would size each other up to some degree or another, the uh, sheepish um, librarian-looking man who's sitting behind his desk that is referred to himself as Bendura Zor uh, uh, takes his seat as well as the rest of you have all done so. And he says, uh, right, and he sort of like stacks some papers. Uh, y- you you all have been brought here for a, a great and, and wonderful uh, task. I have uh, I've taken um, great pleasure and great work to craft these for you all. And he takes a uh, out from one of the, the shelves in his desk. He retrieves um, four of these weird little stones that have a sort of drama mask-like face on them. And he sort of slides the four of them on the desk towards the party. And then he holds up a fifth one that has all of the four different faces on it. So each of those four stones has a face on it, and then the fa- the one that he has has all four faces on it. He says, I would have the, uh, some manner of the four of you uh, uh, hold on to these stones. Once every seven sunrises, I will use the stone that I have in my hand here to communicate with you all and give you new information and, uh, well, reconnaissance, if I have it, for your task. Um, obviously you, you, you all being here is an admission to, to do the task and, and therefore allow me to get into the meat of what that, uh, task is. Yeah. Um, what that is, is as you may have heard, the, uh, leader of the coalition in the other room mentioned was that we are going to be performing, uh, missions to protect the four elemental crystals. I, 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 um, also here, here, and he goes into his desk again, and from a different drawer pulls out a large, uh, relatively uh, large sized, uh, map case 
that has a, a, a few loops on it to be tied to a belt or to be stuffed into a backpack, however you will. And he sort of pushes that onto the table. I, I would I would have one of you uh, hold hold on to the, this map case for 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 inside of it is uh, um, an item of great importance. It has a map of the world that will show you the location of the four elemental crystals as we know of their of, of the their their existence. Your task will be to go to these four locations and perform a special. Uh, uh, abjuration spell or, or, or defensive ritual to shield these crystals from further attacks that would corrupt them. Uh, does does anyone have any questions on, on what exactly any of that means? Before uh, he finishes his uh... there we go. Uh, before, uh, uh, Baden? Bandura. Uh, finishes his last sentence on the, on the word questions. Um, it, Valen is up out of his seat and walking towards the desk. Under each of the coins that, he, that, that have been produced and grabs the one with all faces. Oh, that one's not on the desk. Bandura's holding that one. Oh, he's holding that one. Yeah, there there are four stones, and each of them have a face on them. And then he's holding a stone that has all four of those faces on it. Okay, all right. Uh, what what are the faces before me? I still perform that action, just don't grab anything yet. Right. Um, I haven't thought about it. I just wanted to play with the imagination. So just imagine the different, like, sort of comedy and drama masks that you would see in a theater. Okay. So, uh, like, a uh, smile. The, the uh, one with the, the hardest frown. Okay. I'll grab. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and then sit down. I say, I go to sit down. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, Polluvial, ever eager, stands up next and grabs the scroll case. Okay. It is a very fine, hardened leather tube with a ruby button along its midsection. Um,. Pressing the button, you you get the impression would open the ornate but durable iron cap at one of the ends, and probably allow you access to the map that has been told that's within. Cool. I mean, he's seen finer, but that's good. <laughs> wow. Karen <laughs> um, would watch with amusement as everyone scurries about and tries to grab things. He would. Uh, Boomer press being. Them. Uh, go ahead, Boomer. I think. Oh, Boomer being interested in the stones would probably like barrel roll off the chair and uh-huh. uh, go up and kind of like grab one. Sure. Put one in his bag. Okay. Or just shake it. Whatever. Sure. Anyone else making a grab? Fixation's gonna sit. She's just gonna kind of watch and let everybody else deal with it. Yeah, Thron's gonna wait. Same. Karen would say he'll do anything as long as we're getting paid. <laughs> uh, and at, the, at, at the at the question of payment, Bandora stands back up, almost as if he had prepared for this moment, and goes, "Oh, oh, 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 oh of course, payment. Um, the coalition has uh, given me the uh, allowance to." 
at the completion of the mission, give each of you 10,000 gold pieces for your efforts. Whew. That would get Garen's attention. And and I've been uh, expected of to give you 100 of that 10,000 up front. So, one moment. And he reaches back down, and you can hear the jingling of coins before he even rises back up from behind his desk. As he puts on the top of his desk seven uh, bags that equally look in size and sound of gold. At that, Garen would get up and walk up and take one of those bags. After all, that is why he's here. And he'd look at the table. Are any of the stones still there? Yes, there are two stones left. He would grunt and take one, saying nothing, really. Okay. Barung would get up and do the same. He would wait for uh, him to uh, move out of the way. And he would grab a stone and a bag and then lean in and ask the man if the coalition has any uh, recordings or journals of the incidents that may have, you know, occurred beforehand reported. Uh, Bandura nods a little um, coyishly, but um, answers your question that you're really asking and says, I'm afraid I've not been allowed to share that information with you. He kind of draws his head back and raises his brow, but turns around, takes a seat. I I assume pretty much everyone else, now that all of the five items have been picked up, just bags of money, everyone goes and grabs their uh, sign-on check, as it were. Yep. 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 Boomer takes a coin out of the bag and bites the gold just to make sure it's all right. You discern discern by opening the bag and taking out a coin that it is not a hundred gold coins, but ten platinum that you find in there. Ooh, doggy! Tim Platinum! Ah, oh, snap him off. That's pretty good. Alright. Uh, on approach, um, Valen grabs his bag of gold and then looks at Bandura um, and says, it seems you know more than you're letting on. Oh, oh. oh. How about you tell us well, tell, tell, tell you what exactly? Well, you obviously know more about these missions than you're giving us. So why don't you give us more? L will actually chime in from the back. Um, and says, I agree with this man. Um, you're offering 10,000 gold to each of us. I mean, this is a rich city, but not that rich. It seems like you're expecting not all of us to come back. Oh, I personally don't well i'm not a gambling man you, you see so i don't know uh potentially you all could return but bear, bear in mind we are asking you to travel the entirety of the world almost for, for this mission it will not be a short amount of time and well you 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 all seem capable i'm, I'm, I'm sure you could come up with almost half as much wealth in that same amount of time if you were freelancing in your own respective uh f- fields Again, and I'll say it slower. That's not enough. You know more, and that might help us survive. 
whatever it is you're willing to pay us enormous wealth for. How about you let us know exactly what we're getting into? Would you like to make a check attached to that statement? I was going to say, can I roll intimidation on that? Absolutely. All right. Let's get a roll going. What'd you get? That is a 13 to intimidation. Okay. He will respond. So this this small man has seemed almost easily pushed around verbally by pretty much all of you since you arrived, but at sort of being pressed clearly beyond his point of, of comfort, he stands up, again, not exactly physically intimidating in that action, but sort of looks at Valandess and a sort of hammer made out of white light slams onto the desk in front of him that appeared out of, almost out of nowhere. But Valandes especially would notice him clenching this medallion around his neck, a symbol of the St. Cuthbert uh, faith. The sound that the hammer makes slamming on the desk is almost the words, sit down enough. But then Bandura, with a courage that you've never expected to come out of such a small man, says... I would ask you to take your seat and I will tell you what I know and not a word more. Uh, cocking an eyebrow about as high as you can cock an eyebrow, Valen smiles a tad and sits down. He sort of seems exhausted at this uh, display of, of standing his ground and as he sits and lets go of his holy symbol, uh, the, the, the big hammer of light dissipates and yet there is still a sizable uh, circular wound in the top of his desk and he sort of dusts himself up and says right so um, your task would, will be to go to the four locations mentioned on the map and perform a uh, ritual that will coat the crystal in a protective magic that should help it if not uh, protect it entirely from any attempts to corrupt it. Uh, I suppose none of you might be historians, so uh, I will tell you what I can. And, and that is, uh, some time ago, some of you may have been around, some of you maybe not, by the judge of you, um, a great malevolent force from outside this world reached in and attempted to corrupt the crystals and in doing so brought great catastrophe on many different parts of Yao. Uh, tidal waves destroying entire villages on the coast, um, a, a, a tirating typhoon that cascaded across the main sea between Yalzar, Majora, and Minor that sunk dozens of ships, uh, claiming hundreds, maybe thousands of lives. Uh, great earthquakes that nearly reached and cracked the mountains of the great dwarven capital city. Um, I could go on, but I think the point is fair. Whatever attempted to destroy the crystals and corrupt them was a powerful being, and were it not for a small band of very powerful and very driven individuals, we might not have ever met, much less exist at this time. So... I, I ask you, with the instructions inside of 
the scroll wrap, the scroll case with with the map are instructions on how to perform the the, the abjuration ritual to pr to protect the crystals. I I mean this not as a threat, but just that is your task is to is to prepare the crystals to protect them from whatever future threats they might face. Garen would say he's been paid worse money to do a harder task. Doesn't sound so bad to him. Valen will agree with Garen uh, with a nod and say, uh, I think that'll do. Uh, Boomer will be like, uh, I, I remember back when uh, that happened. Uh, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, I remember. I remember. Uh, it was pretty terrible. Uh, I'd definitely like to not do that again. It was pretty terrible, I remember. Farung nods and says, there seems to be a lot to, to learn from this that could help us prevent this in the future. We're having to call such an expeditionary force together. Um, and then turns to, uh, who was it? L? that had the, the scroll case? Yep, that's me. Mm -hmm. It turns to L and asks if he could see the scroll case. I guess. <laughs> raises an eyebrow and hands it to you. Alright, uh, Farug takes the uh, the scroll case and with a nod, he uh, begins to examine it. You immediately discern that the ruby gemstone button along the midsection of the case would open the iron cap. I press it. With a almost comedic the case opens up and uh, inside there is a roll of uh, papyrus. I take it out and I set the, uh, the case on the chair that I was sitting on and I walk over to the table and unfurl the papyrus just laying it out so you know if anybody else wants to get up and look at it they can. Sure. Um, at this point, uh, Bandura all stands up with you and sort of, you all have seen the map of the world before this session. So allow me to just sort of, and I'll, I'll post this maps version, uh, that you have on the Facebook group so you guys can re reference it. But on the map, there are, in addition to the normal Yalzar map that you've seen probably thousands of hundreds to thousands of times in your life. Uh, there are four stars, four four-pointed four stars on the map. One of them is yellow and is in the in the eastern central part of the Yalzar Majora uh, tundra to the north of the great city of Yao. Another is to the is to the south of your location on Yalzar Majora. It is in the southwestern reaches of the Great Desert. Uh, that star is red. A green four-pointed star is centered directly on the great city of Detroit in between Yarda. And the fourth star... <laughs> I, I know, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. In fucking Detroit... <laughs> hey, shout-outs to that campaign. If any of you guys are listening, I hope your legacy means something to you. 
Uh, <laughs> fucking Detroit. Much appreciated. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the fourth four-pointed star is in the smack-dab middle of Delver Day's Great Lake, uh, which upon rests the magnificent mercantile city of Verde. And Bandura points to those locations, identifying them as I sort of just did, and says, these will be the four locations that you need to go to. Each of them will have instructions and people for you to rendezvous with here along the side where he points to them written in draconic uh there are simple instructions of people to meet names uh addresses to go to in cities that are near the crystal locations i won't get into them right now you know what they are i'll bring them up as they're required read that as i didn't prepare those answers for this session (laughs) (laughs) And so he, uh, can we just got, I was going to say from this, we could discern which one's the furthest from our current location. Right. Which would either be the green star at Detroit in between Sierra or the sky blue one in the middle of the great lake of Verde. Hmm. So we either get to go to Detroit, a shithole or to Verde, a hole that you wash shit down. I mean, neither of those places are shitty at all. I mean, the great no, city those, of... those two would be the farthest. That's what I, that, that's what I thought he was asking. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, oh, okay. For, uh, Farung looks it over, and he points out the two cities that are furthest, and he says, might I make a suggestion um, if, if and when we begin this journey, we should go to one or the other. Um, It'd probably be best to knock these two out first as they're furthest from the hub. And I feel the closer we get to stabilizing these crystals, it seems the more problems we may encounter based off of previous events that have been explained. Well, uh, and Bandura chimes in. Oh, but bear in mind, you will not need to return to the great city between crystals. You can simply go from one right to the other. It is why, and he holds up the little four-masked stone that he has and holds it up again and goes, it's why I have this stone so I can speak with you. I will be able to tell when you've completed each of the four tasks and I will be able to give you further instruction and keep in touch with you every seven sunrises. Uh, Farung looks up at him and he just kind of smirks and he's like, I presume that's why you're giving us so much money. Uh, I guess the coalition doesn't have a quartermaster for this. Oh, we we may. I I don't know. It's not exactly my department. I I'm sure if you really wanted that, I could potentially uh, get you an opportunity to speak to the leader of the coalition, if if you desired. I look around to the group. Garen would shrug. He seems like he's ready to just get on with it. And, uh, Valen that, then perks up at, at the mention of the leader and, and says, I, I would very much like to meet the one who arranged this. Oh, you, you've, you've seen him before. It, uh, Mo Doren, the, the, the person who uh, spoke... In the, in the large room? 
That the pale man. Uh, yes. Well, when can we meet him? Oh, um, well, I can look into that. Um, at that point, he stands up and walks over to the door that you all came in from and uh, opens it and looks to someone who was standing just outside the door. And uh, he is speaking in... Um, what language is he speaking in? Um, does anyone speak Celestial? No. Okay, I didn't think so, but... Uh, so, he speaks in a very audibly, like, loud enough for you to hear, but in a language that none of you recognize, not even the smallest amount. Uh, and a moment later, he seems to receive an affirmation. And he comes back to you all and says, Well, if there's no other information that I can help you with, uh, the, 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 the leader of the coalition, um, Master Doran himself, is in the main room and would be willing to speak with you should you desire. Many of the other groups have already left. Guess we might as well on the way out. I say we go ahead and go. I mean, I, I, I'm not getting any younger. I, I'm kind of... But, but let's just go, old boy. I agree with the Luddite. I think that we should just get on our way. I agree. We should just go. We're going to do it anyway. I'd stand up, hefting that halberd over my shoulder, and start to walk towards the door. Okay. Wait, what's a lead at? What'd you just call me? It's a term of endearment. Oh, Valen shaking his head at this, stands up, tucks his scabbard back into his uh, belt, and starts walking out. Um, he says to the rest of the group, we should meet with the leader of this coalition first. Why his coin seems to be good, and we understand our task ahead of us. Unless you want to get brownie points with Big Daddy. <laughs> yeah, brownie <laughs> points with Big Daddy. <laughs> I like this little one. Frog <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, rolls the, the, the uh, map back up, grabs the, uh, the, the, little, the map case, places it back, and tucks it again. It binds it to the side of his backpack as he picks it up with his bow. And offers a handshake to, uh, uh, Bender. uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Benderzor, and, uh, thanks him for his time and patience before following the rest of the group out. Uh, he, he, as he leaves he the room, Garen would shout out, keep the rest of that coin ready for me. Of, of course. And as you I, all, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, Adara's following everybody. Okay. As oh, you all. Melina? Vexation, you got any interactions here? Fucked your mic up, didn't you? <laughs> all right. So, you all uh, head out to the main hall that you all were... Hey, we're not hearing you. Well, if you're going to edit it out, I've been writing Bidor as Bandai in my notes. 
That's fine. Anyway, okay, so you all head out into the main audience uh, auditorial room that you all came from. Uh, and, and there, taking up about a third of this great room, uh, is, a, is a large, white-scaled worm. Like worm worm? Like W-Y-R-M. Oh, that's much more exciting. L uh, stops in his tracks. Garen would certainly raise uh, not Iridge, Iridge, um, and look up at the beast with a relatively thunderous voice that is soft yet authoritative. The great dragon looks at your party that has just walked into the room and somehow, not until all of you were in it, looked up and realized that he was there. He looks down and says, Ah, yes. The party that is to put the protective spells on the crystals, yes? Trung nods. Ah, you have met me before. I am properly Mo Doren. I must thank you directly, and in my proper state, for what you're doing for us. Uh, finding his voice, El. <laughs> you're most welcome, sir. I heard from Bagdura that there is something you all wish to ask of me? Uh, I'm going to let... Uh, Farung's going to let anybody speak before he, he puts in his two cents. I uh, got... can, can I ask a quick out-of-character question? Sure. Just as the race of Dragonborn, would there be any sort of special connection between me and a beast like this? Uh, I mean you would immediately recognize that this is probably one of maybe four dragons of this caliber in the world. Okay, okay. So while while some while some people in this room would be like, wow, that's a big fucking dragon, you're like, no guys, that's like one of the biggest dragons. <laughs> well, Garen... Uh, despite being his usual stoic self, is rather impressed as they walk into the room. However, at the creature's mention of uh, us wanting to ask something, he would sling that halberd across both shoulders, resting his hands on it, and uh, offer sort of a half grin. And um, I, I imagine Drake's can speak draconic. Uh, would ask in their native tongue, not unless... You have something to offer us? Uh, Great Mold, one. Moldorin sort of grins as a 12-foot a wide maw would grin and reaches a great paw above the party, almost as if he could squash you at the simplest desire, but instead draws a single claw and engraves a circle around the party's position like digging and drawing with his finger through the stone that you're standing on. Okay. Uh, that's reasonable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Boomer's gonna look up and say, "Oh, 
Hey, hey, we, we, we didn't want no trouble, old boy. You, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't got to do nothing like that. We, we, we just want to be on our way. We just, we, we'll do the job. Wait. The, the room almost reverberates as Muldorin sort of gently chuckles to his grandeur and goes, Oh, worry not, young master. It was not a threat, only a gift. A blessing for your journey. And again, to show my gratitude. Again, I give you the opportunity. You have my ancient ear for a moment more. Uh, Frung's going to pose the question that he posed to uh, Mal, or not Maldorun, but yeah, uh, Bendora, uh, asking if he has any chronicles, journals, any sort of recordings about the previous events that occurred, uh, like an archives of sort that you know, he could have access to for research before they go into the field. Before? I'm afraid not. It is only such the nature of your kind to know as much as possible. Something that I have always valued, I would add. But no, I'm afraid I cannot spare those books to leave this place, nor do you have the time to read them before. But I will set a handful of scribes that while you are out will make copies of a few of those novels, and I will gift them to you upon your return. How does that sit with you, High Elf? Farung takes a bow and says that he, he is too kind and thanks him for the gesture. And he sort of nods his head ever so gently in response. You do not make it to 1,200 years of age without a little bit of kindness for those smaller than you. And on that, you great, well, great-to-be adventurers, I bid you a good day, and hopefully a fortuitous tomorrow. And at that, he sort of gently taps his paw upon the ground near him, and the circle that he drew before lights up with a gentle white flame that bears no heat. And a moment later, you are all outside the building upon the stone. Uh, Boomer's going to throw up. Uh, Frung just kind of looks around in a hurry. Yeah, that's fair. All of those reactions are normal. Teleportation magic is some yep. of the most powerful shit in the world. El uh, looks very pale, but he starts going into a nervous litany of, well, I mean, I understand the showmanship, but I guess if you're a dragon of that age, you can just get away with a little bit. <laughs> Garen would certainly be uh, out of sorts with the whole situation at that point. Magic making him somewhat uncomfortable when it's acted upon him. Right. So, uh, Adara, go shoulders. Adara, go for it. Um, she's confused, but she doesn't feel sick to her stomach or anything, and she's kind of sad that they're not in the presence of this awe-inspiring creature. They were just... Alright, so, you all have your direction, you all know what to do, and there has been no hard time limit put upon you. Where do you go? Frung proposes the question to the group. Which town do you want to go to? Uh, Verdera? I, I want to say Verday every time I think of the town. It is. Detroit or Ver? Verday. Verday. Ver? Well, uh, interjecting. Um, L will, you know, look thoughtful and say, uh, actually, I've never been to Detroit. I hear it's wonderful this time of year. 
Detroit's got some good booze there. I, I wouldn't mind heading that way. Ah, speaking of, and L will reach into his bag and pull out a cask of wine. Set to work. Uh, oh, boy, you want you want some good old wine? I, I got a little something extra for you. And he, Boomer reaches into his bag of holding and brings out a jug with like 12 X's on it. This, this, is, my, this is my good old moonshine, bud. Have yourself a seal. Uh, I, I appreciate it dearly, my friend, but uh, nothing that is not made from the grape passes these lips. Garen, however. Hey man, I'm, I'm pretty great. I made it. It's pretty delicious. <laughs> oh, buddy. Garen's going to be a fun trip. Garen would reach for that 12X bottle if given the opportunity, though. And would absolutely take one or several drinks of it, depending on his capacity to withstand Gnomish Moonstein. He, he, also Boomer, Boomer hands up and goes, go on, take a sip there, Scaly. And put hair on your Scaly chest. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's going to be a long trip. It's going to be a good one. Uh, um. Kenny, just a quick uh, a player to DM uh, for clarification on my notes so I don't put my foot in my mouth. Um, you said that there are two crystals on Yalzar Majora, right? Yep. Yellow and red? Yep. To the north, okay. to the extreme north, and to the extreme south. Okay. All right. Well, and, um, looking to the rest of the company, thinking about going overseas already. We'll tell, we'll say to everyone, why don't we find the two crystals that are on this continent first? Garen, wiping his lips of presumably amazing moonshine, would look at him and say, I'm fine with heading north. The cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> That's out of character. Yeah. Sorry, Adara got what? Um, she was shaking her head in disbelief at the the ones drinking, but then Alan that uh, we should probably hit the closer ones before um, crossing seas. Uh, for uh, just nods as well. I'm outnumbered here, so. Let us go whichever way you would like. I've well, we have two it. decisions. North or south? Uh, again, what? I uh, strongly vote for Detroit. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with the good-looking little one. I, I say we go to Detroit. Out of character, uh, L is six foot one. I mean... Oh, <laughs> Well, everyone's little compared to Boomer. That's fair. Absolutely fair. <laughs> isn't isn't Boomer a gnome? Yeah, he's a gnome. He, yeah, he's like, like, he's like the shortest one. He's like three and a half feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just wanted to make sure. Yep. <laughs> so we got two votes for Detroit, two votes for the town to the south, one for the north. Garen voted north. Uh, Darn. Uh, that. Uh, Okay. He just wants to get moving. All right, so um, 
Farung looks to uh, vexation, the tiefling sensation. <laughs> he, he, he looks at her as she says, sure, kid, let's go. And, and says, fam, which place do you want to go? <laughs> she says west. Uh, I presume that means across the sea to Detroit. Well, so we got three not, votes Detroit. That's not west, though. That would be east to Detroit. Oh, I, I apologize. West is towards Verde. Verde, gotcha. So we got one vote Verde. One vote city in the north, two votes city in the south, two votes Detroit. Um, whatever. Uh, Eld I changes his vote to the city in the south hybrid. Oh, well, I hadn't voted, but sure, we'll go south. South it is. <sighs> looks, like we're, looks like we're going down south again, boys. Woo! And uh, Boomer fires off around in the air. Okay. <laughs> Frog hits the dirt. Immediately <laughs> shitting his pants now. <laughs> Yeah, this is the first time any of you have heard this gnome's weird iron tube explode. It sounds like a thunderclap. <laughs> Two feet from your ear. Yeah. <laughs> Garen, being a veteran of wars, is immediately on guard looking for siege weapons going off in the middle of the city. Yeah, And just, being rather confused by just, that. Just the Farag's ears are ringing. Uh, all right, a uh, moment but, later, but, there are ten... Uh, Guardsmen surrounding the party. <laughs> Outside of every Fuck. corner, every alleyway, the established guard of great brass armor, dragon sort of uh, insignia, and all brandishing some manner of polearm. There are ten of them around the party, and one steps forward. They have not drawn their weapons, although they are using them like... They are they, they do have them out. One walks forward and, and points directly at Boomer. You there! What is that weapon, and why did you fire it? Farunk says, uh, ah! I, uh, I, I, look, I look up over and I'm like, well, this here is my boomstick, and I'm very sorry Usually, when I'm at home, we just fire these things in the air, or it will not happen again. Officer, please be on my way and not be harassed any longer. <laughs> the guardsman walks up to Boomer and taps the butt of his halberd into the ground. At such point, all of the nine other guardsmen point their weapons at the party, and the guardsman kneels down and looks Boomer directly in the face before lifting the visor of his helmet. There is a uh, an orcish face before you, Boomer, and it says, I mean no ill will, but honestly, if you fire it again, there will be trouble. All of the barracks will uh, know of, of course, this. Officer, I, I apologize. Uh, I'm real sorry. I did not mean to. I get excited. I didn't mean no harm to no one. Uh... We'll do everyone a favor and keep it unloaded until you leave the city walls, if you would please. Uh, sure thing, big guy. And uh, Boomer gives him the, uh, the gnomish sign for thank you, which is just basically finger guns. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. This is canon. 
No, of course it's canon. It's canon. That's what these That's campaigns canon. do. They make I'm, they make the world. So I'm okay. setting I'm setting certified letters to um, Wizards of the Coast. That's now that is official canon. Uh, sure, but I mean it's only really for this world, so that's their own problem. Anyway, at that moment, the guard taps the butt of his halibut into the ground again. The other nine guards unbrandish their weapons, and immediately the ten of them disperse. Um, Farong says, huh? Uh, Bo- Boomer turns to the parties, and he says, uh, I'm real sorry about that. Uh, I just, I get excited. Uh, it won't happen again. And unless we're outside <laughs> the city, then I'll probably do it all the time. But anyway, let's get going. Uh, Valis picks his hand away from his permanent face palm during this entire thing. Starts walking. Garen is excited that the adventure didn't end outside the palace walls. <laughs> uh, Frank still can't hear. I mean, you probably uh, can. Well, Boomer hands him some moonshine and tells him to put it in his ears. Like he, he, he does the the sign for put it in your ears. It'll so what, help. What is that gnomish? What What's a gnome? Like like the sign in gnomish to pour moonshine in your ears. Is that like a wank symbol or? Uh, it, it's just a thumbs up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do that. All right. All um, right. So, do you all know how you would go south from here? Uh, presumably on the L rail. Okay. So you all would. I guess we should look at the map and figure out how to do that. I'm looking at the map. We're on uh, Patrixiarda, or was it uh, Yalzar Majora? We're in the city of Yal on Yalzar Majora. The big city okay. in the middle of so, the So, yes, we would, we would take the Elrail. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Elrail. So, you all arrive to the Elrail station sometime after uh, leaving the palace grounds. And uh, you are all informed quite quickly by the half-elf female working the ticket kiosk that... There is there is a unforeseen circumstance that causes the Elorail cars to struggle in the desert sands to the south. So, if you are taking the Elorail to the south, you may want to stop. You will have to stop before you reach the desert. Uh, I kind of inquire what is causing... Or what she means by struggles. Uh, she asks, you'd have to talk to my manager for that. Um, Frunk takes out of his backpack his soccer mom haircut and puts it on and asks to speak to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> a, moment, a moment later, a, a human uh, female comes to the kiosk and says... What's the problem? Um, I do an investigation roll to see how miserable she is at her with her job. So that's going to be a 13. She loves her job. Uh, uh, a kind of a sadness falls on Frank. Frank's face, and he apologizes, doesn't mean to bother her, um, and asks if, uh, that inquires about the issues that are occurring in the South, um, with 
the L rail, um, what sort of problems are the are the cars experiencing when they get to the south? Seems to be something to do with the sand not uh, agreeing with the rails, as it were. The rails are being refurbished once once you enter the desert, so that the weight of the trains doesn't sink the rails into the sand. You understand how that might be problematic. Uh-huh. Understandable. Is there any alternate, uh, any alternate modes of transportation further into the desert, like um, like y'all Uber or something? There are camels, like people have done forever. So is that like y'all lift? We we could walk, you know. Uh, we got them feet. Well, I mean, he's inquiring more about like faster modes of transportation than um, the normal means. Well, no, fam. One, fuck you. Uh, neither of those uh, Yao Lift or Uber things exist in this world. Damn it! Um, it's not canon. Yeah, it's not. No. <sighs> like, make no mistake. Uh, stupid shit like Detroit exists in this world, but it is a very real and very uh, managed world, so I don't know where your your character would come up with those terminologies. Um that was a little bit of an OOC input. Oh, I can tell. I was able to put that one together, believe it or not. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. But uh, no, she does answer your question, which was, what are the alternatives once you reach the desert? And she says, well, I imagine that the locals will charge you an arm and both of your legs if they can for the opportunity to ride their, their mounts into the desert that have proven fruitful for dozens, if not hundreds of years. I imagine you could also enlist a detachment of Rust Dwarf mercenaries for all of your money for guides. Outside of that, I would suggest strapping on some nice boots and some light clothes and hope for the best. Are there any oh, you're right. perch shopping here and yell that we can take with us on the L Rail and then ride into the desert? Of course, there's just the simple additional one gold fee for your mounts. And they will be obviously taken care of during their stay in the stable car at the rear of the elevator. Perfect. Well, where can we find a stable to buy some mounts? Uh, she goes, uh, sorry, I don't really know exactly, but I'm sure you wouldn't have to go very far from any of the outfacing gates of the city. And all you have to do is bring those horses back here, and we can make them quite comfortable for the ride. Uh, I uh, inquire about the potential of bringing, like, a wagon or some sort of land vehicle along. You might, if you want to do that, you might be more interested in the river barge that goes to the south, that rides the river from Yal's uh, borders all the way to the south of end of the river. It won't take you the whole way to the desert, but it will get you somewhat close. It will probably be cheaper, but it also be much slower. All right, Frong nods and thanks her for her time and information. Well, on um, hearing uh, the offer of a a, a, um, a caravan of some sort, uh, Valen looks at Farang and says, uh, do you think that might be useful? And not hostile, just 
earnestly. Um, yeah, he nods, says, well, if we're going to be going into the south and, you know, not via the L rail, it'd probably be best if we had some sort of shelter that can carry our equipment as well, allow us to stock up on supplies, if, depending on how long it's going to take us to get to the, the town. Valen um, nods and looks to the rest of the party. Garen would pipe up and say he's not wrong. We're going to need shelter. The last thing you want is exposure out on the trail. <sighs> um, I knew Bex said he should have had to step. I'm not sure if she's back or not. Anyone else? Um, Adara really likes the idea of getting mounts and is fine with the caravan, too. Cool. I, I, I'm down. Um, what, whatever. It, it, it don't matter to me. Uh, it, uh, it quickly gets parsed for a donkey. What I don't is? think that we need to worry about purchasing mounts in a wagon here. I mean, this is going to take us to another town in the desert. We could just get what we need there. And they'll charge us probably twice as much. Well, would you rather pay probably twice as much for the horse and the cart, or three times as much for the horse and the cart and the transportation fee along the L line? Well, we were told that we could take a barge down that would be significantly cheaper than the L L line. Oh, I missed the bit about the barge. Yeah, as oh, you no. guys would notice, but that was on, that was in character stuff. As you would have noticed on the map, uh, Yal's western or sorry eastern like third is along a great pier that uh, is sort of at the at the cross section of a river and one of the paths of that river's tributaries heads north one heads south and east and one heads purely south and so you could very reasonably probably hire uh, passage on a barge to the south or a ferry That's up to all y'all, motherfuckers. Yeah, Valen will look to the party and say, well, do we take the rail and overpay for mounts, or do we gather supplies and take the river south? We could flip a coin. That's how I make all my best decisions. I see uh, we have a vote from Vexation saying river. The river is fine, Garen says. Uh, all right, so let us go find ourselves an emporium of horses, mounts, and carts and things. All right. Mounts and um, maybe blades. Anyone who spent more than a few days in this city knows about the different trade districts, so L could probably point you all in the right direction to where to buy mounts. He sure could, and while they're doing that, he's going to go buy a new set of clothes for the trip. Oh, and did you say that we got 10 uh, platinum pieces from the bag? Yeah, so 100 gold of value. Oh. We, um, sorry, Devin, go ahead. No, it's, it, that's that's all I need. No, um, all right, so he pointed us towards the trade districts, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, arriving at one, uh, Garen would begin to inqu- um, ask around and see if there's any... Uh, Soldier for hire friendly uh, taverns or traders in the area. 
So the marketplace of Yao in the middle of the trade district is actually a daily bazaar. Um, there is a grand cloth uh, peak that sh provides shade to the normally bare, empty at night uh, square. And the rule is as always as it ever was, which is a weird sentence, uh, first come, first serve when it comes to shop space. And there are several people trying to sell their animals to anyone who would be looking for it. But you said you're looking for a tavern? Well, uh, more just asking around for any uh, mercenary-looking fellas or fellas that – or any traders that look like they may have been mercenaries at one point. Sure. There is a orcish man who obviously runs a, a – uh, uh, what would the word be? A shop that sells animals. And runs it with his with his very orcish family, and he eyes you up as you look around for a good deal. He calls to you as, "Hello there, broad shoulder. What are you looking for?" Garen would look up. He's not usually the talkative type, but now money's involved. He um, would eye the man up and down for a moment before greeting him in kind. Tell him that we are heading south. And due to some unfortunate bureaucracy, they're going to need a couple animals to try and get them there. Well, how deep? You go into the desert? Deep desert? The south coast? Did we see on the map where the crystal was? Was it dead smack in the middle of the desert? It's pretty far down in the desert, yeah. Right. Deep desert, he says, grunting his displeasure. He really isn't a fan of the sand. Of course. Uh, the orcish man would say... Well, how many friends do you have, and how many butts do they need to be putting on saddles? How many of us are there? Seven. There's seven. Seven, he says. I'm saddled watching out with six new horns. Oh, wow, green horns. Wow, I don't know words anymore. <laughs> the orcish man introduces himself as Rook and uh, says, If I'm honest with you, broad shoulder... You've got two choices when it comes to riding mounts in the desert. You either fancy yourself a horse and ride the hope that it never breaks an ankle, otherwise you may as well kill it yourself. Or, and he sort of steps aside to reveal a, a very large lizard. Or, you ride something that lives in the desert. Uh, Garen would eye the lizard up and down, kind of having a... a, a Weird existential moment there. Right. Um, <laughs> that looks like brother. What have they done to you? What wizard has done this to you? Dang it, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so he would say if you're heading somewhere, it never hurts to take a local with you, and he would walk towards the lizard after politely introducing himself to this mercenary, at least as politely as mercenaries get. Sure. And he would say, how much for the lizards? Um, let me find the statisticals for it, and I will let you know. Okay, we're going to use the, uh, the, uh, the stat array for Giant Scorpion, because it's easy. Sure. Um, but he says, 
Well, for one of these fine desert mountains, it would only cost you about 40 gold apiece. Now, they eat meat, so getting regular feed is a non-option. But 40 gold is 40 gold. I bet they charge you at least three times as much if you go to the desert before looking for one. He would take a moment to look around the shop and maybe uh, try and eyeball a trophy or an insignia that says maybe they fought in a, the same, a same campaign a while ago. Um, okay. You want to give me like an investigation? Frunk's, Frunk's going to take notice as he walks around the market. of like probably the only dragonborn there. Sure. And proceed to make his way over to the same merchant that he's had. Okay. Boomer's <clears throat> going to do the same. He's just been kind of wandering around getting drunk. But he sees some of his party uh, over uh, towards the, uh, the, the, the mounts. And he walks his way over there. And uh, when, when he sees the giant lizards, he's like, holy crocodile dundee, look at that thing. I want to ride it. Valid <laughs> will do the same. All right. And Adara is there as well, eyeing up the lizards. All right. I assume pretty much everyone is at this point, then, except for uh, Elle, who is off shopping. Fact. She's hoping on that bitch. Let's go. Okay, so... Anyway, uh, Gar- Garen would, would try and, and see if maybe there is something from a campaign he remembers, something that he could possibly use uh, in an edge of negotiation here. You want to go ahead and give me a, uh insight? Or not an insight, an investigation on that? Uh, sure. Is that a 1d20? It's a skill check, so yeah. Starts with a d20. Could, could I roll one as well? For what? Just for... I don't know. Well, then, uh, no. Nine, and my invest investigation or insight? Investigation. Alright, uh, which is a minus one, so I guess that's an effective eight. Okay. You see a couple of trophies, but they're all on him. And they look more like big game kills rather than uh, ah. medallions from war. Ah. Well, as unfortunate as that is, he would try and uh, he would look at the party around him and uh, motion towards the orc and say, come on, you see what I'm dealing with. I know you've dealt with novices before. I'm going to need every scrap of gold I can get just to try not to get these people killed. I'm Does Farung over here that? I imagine if you guys are all standing there. Um, he kind of shoots uh, Garen a look and then approaches the shopkeep and introduces himself. And he says, I don't know what type of things he's been spouting to you, but I'm uh, Farung Knightley, uh, captain of the uh, Lahasi Expeditionary Force. Ah, well then, I imagine you know the beasts that stand behind me. If you've ever um, been to the south, that is. Just based off of like ex- like being a part of a military, I would presume that he has some sort of knowledge of what these beasts are. Uh, you want to give me a nature check? I sure can. All right. I, I can add the plus two even though it's not a proficiency, right? That is true. Well, what's the plus two come <sighs> from then? Never mind. Apparently I just fucking had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you add your ability modifier. For that. So three. Okay. In total is three? Yeah. I, like I said, I just had a stroke, so. Oh. No, you've never seen these things before in your life. You may be okay, read, uh, read about them, though. 
Okay. Um, he, he nods and says, you know, I've never personally dealt with them, but I have heard of them. Um, he asks um, what the price is and if – he asks what the price is. Well, as I was telling your broad-shouldered friend here, Mr. Nightleaf, I could part with the lizard for 40 gold. There are seven of you. I'm already giving you a deal. Normally, I'd sell them for 45. Maybe even if I thought I could get away with it, I'd go for 50 gold apiece. But considering that, well, they're slower than horses, therefore they're cheaper than horses. But they can go where horses can't when you get to the desert. Could I do a perception check to see if he's bullshitting me? Uh, that would be a insight check. But yes, you uh. may. Fifteen. Can you what? I said, could I, in times like this, would I be able to use spells? Sure. What do you want to attempt to cast while he makes that insight check? I'm thinking about it. I have a speak with animals spell. Okay. That's one of my... No, I don't know if that would help at all. It It would allow you to convey basic emotions back and forth with these lizards. Sorry, I'm reading over my, my spell. All right, so what's your insight? Fifteen. You uh, you think for a moment and reckon that the average market price for a regular riding horse is about 50 gold. So, well, he is giving you a little bit of a deal. Probably not as much of a deal as he's making it out to be, but he is giving you a deal. So, all right, so Farung nods, and he asks him if they would be able to be transported by barge, and how well do these things handle being harnessed to, to pull uh, caravans and such? Well, they make fantastic individual mounts, but for pulling carriages or caravans, I've never known them to be much for labor, but they would be able to handle the sands while doing so better than horses. Alright. Uh, Farung nods and uh, ponders and goes and as he walks over to inspect the lizards um, he asks what type of diet they have. Well they'll eat just about any manner of meat that you put in their mouth or put in front of them. But they are also easy to feed, you see. They only require a single meal a day provided it's of uh, substantial stock. Alright. Farung nods. Um, um, that's pretty much all I'm going to do to interact with them. Uh, Boomer's gonna walk up to the man, uh, and he's like, "Listen here, old boy. I, I, you know, we ain't got a whole lot of gold. Maybe we could go down, maybe five more gold for each of us. What you think? Can I roll a persuasion. Absolutely. That's a ten. Um, he uh, he sizes up your 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 haggling tongue and says. I'm not insulted by you trying to get a good price on me, but I also understand that I'm making a lot of money if I make this deal. So here, let me be honest with you. The saddling for each of these beasts is five gold. I was going to say that the beasts are 40 gold, and when you agreed to buy them, that they would be 45 gold apiece to saddle them, you understand. But, while I wouldn't say you've sold me on my kindnesses, what I can do is that if the, in the next moment, without any more disruption, you all give me the absolute that you want seven of these fine beasts for your time and your gold, 
I can cut the the saddle price in half and make it forty two gold apiece. Hmm. Uh, these tumor turns around and uh, what, was like, what, what, what do the rest of y'all think? Hmm? Uh, so Farung turns around and says that he'll cover half the cost. And then the, the rest. Yep. It, because this is probably, he, he's pretty much decided that this is going to be the best deal that we're going to get. So he turns around and says, I will cover half the cost if you all will pay your fair share. Well, heck yeah, oh boy, I'm in for that. And uh, Boomer spits on his hand and shakes, pulls his hand out to, to, to make a deal. Rook, knowing that everyone has a different way of making trade and an orc would never turn away a tradition, spits in his, takes Boomer's hand quite heartily, gives it a solid once throttle, and then... Uh, calls an orcish to his two sons to start applying saddles to seven of the lizard beasts. So let's see. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be a total of, what, 29 platinum? Well, 30 you, platinum in all? Yeah, about. All right. Uh uh, I walk over and I dish out, uh, we'll say 14 platinum to the guy. Okay, so that'll be 21 gold from the rest of you. So three Ooh. gold. Wait, gold or platinum? 21 gold each for the rest oh, of sorry. you. Sorry, sorry, if they're yeah, 42 gold, if, over. if they're 42 gold and you're covering half, then it would be 21 left. Uh, I hand over my gold. I, I hand over my gold, and since L's not here, uh, and since I like his uh, his comments about other people, I will also pay for his. Okay. <laughs> I'm, detect I'm deducting that from my character sheet, but so I'll pay you back. It's no problem, old boy. All right, so uh, further inspection upon these li By the way, uh, uh, Adara, did you want to cast Speak with Animals on these lizards? Yeah! I just want to get a feel for them before we start riding them into the desert. Sure. Um, My name's Gary. You immediately assess that the vast majority of these very skink-like looking lizards, like their scales are quite smooth, their tops are black, their bellies are like uh, sort of uh, beige, like off-white, and they have almost like blue stripes underneath their mouth. Uh, you cast speak with animals, and you engage with a couple of, this, of these these lizards, and they seem almost excited, like a like a small puppy when you come home, at the concept of you engaging them, and so, almost annoyingly to the uh, orcs' sons that are trying to saddle the lizards while you talk to them, they convey that they are excited to go back to the desert. They like that place. It's hot and it's nice for them. Okay. Um, Adara will smile and pay her the gold gem. Now, bear in mind, with that, you can ask the lizards questions if you would like, but they can only convey their answers in simple terms. Yeah. Um. Does uh does Valen notice that she that she can or does anybody in the party notice that she's actually communicating on some level with I these mean, I animals? I imagine that would be. Very obvious to everybody. 
But Adara, what's your uh, question? Valen, Valen will walk up to Adara and um, say, can you ask them if they're all right with carrying a carriage or pulling a carriage? Um, Adara does that. They sort of don't really understand what carriage is, but they mm, ask okay. heavy, pull heavy. Yeah. Can, 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 can. You hear them all sort of like chirp the word can. <laughs> okay. Oh, I know these guys already. Um, okay. Um, I. Does anyone else have any questions they'd like to ask these cute little things, big things, rather? Yeah, I mean, they're all bigger than you, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's their favorite food? <laughs> yeah, what do, they, what do they like to eat? Um, the, they all kind of, like, sort of chirp in their own tongue to each other. You hear all kinds of answers that all sound like the word meat. Um, but one, like, sort of points its snout to the sky and, like, points its face at a bird in the air. And says me. Bird. Cool. Bird me. Um, Chicken. Alright. Mm. I give them all little taps on the head and I think we're good if no one else has any more questions. Not. Nope. Okay. nope. Alright. Uh, Bill drop his gold pieces into Rook's hand so as to avoid the spit handshake. Well, he does, thankfully, was born with a pair of hands. But, yeah, he takes the gold. Alright, I assume everyone pays. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Quick yeah. question, I'm sorry. How much was that singly again? I didn't really hear very well. For you, 21 gold. Alright, thank you. Yep. Oh, Kenny, I meant to ask, that 100 gold that was given to us is on top of what we started with? Yes. We started with plus that 100. Okay, thank you. Yep. Okay, so um, Rook works out that, you know, you guys have all paid, you all have your mounts, and are able to uh, lead them down the street by the uh, the reins that, that are on them. Uh, before we leave, Valen will ask Rook, uh, do you or do you know of anybody that would sell a caravan? Well, yeah, my cousin down the way. He sort of points down the way in the bazaar, and you can see that there is about five different styles of carriage um, <laughs> right down the road. Right down the road. <laughs> and standing amongst these five carriages is a... a a portly orcish man who is bellowing to the crowd of the great deals that he's selling. All right. I gestured to the rest of the group that that's where we want to go for a caravan. Fuck, nod, follow. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right, you guys approach Bye. the portly orcish man who has already noticed the fact that you came here directly from his cousin's uh, direction and goes, Ah, friends of my friends are friends of mine already. What is it that I could offer you? 
Uh, we are looking for a caravan that can sustain itself in the desert, or at least stand up to the rigors of the desert. Ah, a wonderful place to go, but a harsh one. And he sort of like walks over from one of the carriages that he was standing in front of to a clearly much sturdier stock of one. Its wheels have, have sort of a, a different tread to them. Uh, and, and just overall, it seems like a sturdier machine. And mm-hmm. uh, looks like it could its uh, spokes could be applied to uh, four beasts of burden. And he slaps it on the, on the sign and goes, I imagine that this mighty beast would be what you'd want for those horrid times down to the south. What kind of gold are you working with? What kind of gold are you charging? Well, I think a proper deal is one that depends upon the amount of coin on the line. I won't charge you an unfair amount, but if I don't know how much I can ask, then why ask the question to begin with? Um, Brian, hearing this balance the party to see what we're willing to spend. Yeah, Brunk kind of raises his brow and says, your cousin had no problem uh, giving us a fair price, and we negotiated from there. Well, my cousin's my cousin. We share some blood, but damn, not all of it. He runs his business quite finely, but also he sells a very different manner, doesn't he? He kind of shrugs, says it's both of the same. We bought a workhorse from them. Well, we, we bought a working machine from him as we come to you to buy a working machine. Very well, then. I see that you are collectively a nut that will not crack at the gentlest pressure, and I appreciate that. So, sorry, I'm finding the price on this. (laughs) A mere 120 gold pieces would give you this beast to take with your beasts. Uh, from uh, races uh, again. And he asks how much weight this, or how much cargo could this carry? How many people could it carry in it? You know, how many people could it sleep while moving? Uh, you know, what's the overall weight that this can hold before it will encounter issues of sinking in the sand? He asks you all to approach the vehicle as he begins to a- answer that barrage of questions. Oh. Not in the sand, this thing could easily carry 4,000 stone, which is pounds, but that's what they call yeah. it in Yow. 4,000 stone. On the sand, half that. I would imagine that you could fit at least four people comfortably at rest, two people at the front. I see that there are six of you now, so that number sounds perfect. Or am I wrong? There's one more of us. And we seven. Ah. Well, then, it would be um, not uncomfortable, but between the, the four people at rest and the supplies, you could probably pinch a f- fifth person in there if they weren't the biggest of waistlines. Uh, Frung looks to, uh, fuck, I forgot the Jerud's name. Adara. Adara. And asks, um, 
<clears throat> she can ask um, our mounts. I guess first off, ask if they have. Ask them if they have names. That's a good one. Um, and ask them if how how much they can pull or how much they can carry that doesn't hurt them. Okay. Um, I guess I'll start with the names because has it been longer than ten minutes since we last? Even if it was, I'm not gonna really hold you too hard on this. You cast it as a ritual, okay. so it's fine. Okay. Um. So you ask names. They all they all say Fisk at the same time. Say what? They all say their name is Fisk. 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 All in different tones and pitches, but they all say the same word. <laughs> I guess we'll have to figure that out. I ask if they want different names. They seem confused at the concept, but not scared of it. Um, and then how much weight are they able and willing to carry themselves? You get different answers from each of the beasts. Some of them say much, much, much. Some, some. And one is... Not a lot. That was mine. To <laughs> um, say or mine, pretty tiny too. Um, okay. Uh, can can Boomer uh, investigate or uh, check out the the, the cart I, to see if it's in as good a condition as this guy says it is? Absolutely, that'd be an, an investigation. Cool. Um, Karen would also look at the wagon. And right. not fancy trying to fit another four people in there with his bulk. Uh, it's not as small as you think. It's probably about 15 feet long by 10 feet wide. It's a pretty sizable carriage. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, 16. Okay. You assess that this stuff, that this, that this caravan is made out of, out of really high quality wood. And even the metal and wooden... Uh, pegs that hold a lot of its frame together are not... There wasn't many corners cut on the construction of this thing. Which makes sense, considering that he's charging you a lot of money for what normally would be for maybe about 80 gold. But you appreciate that the craftsmanship involved in this particular caravan, it's worth the money. Um... Not knowing anything about caravans, but seeing that it's big enough and relatively sturdy, Valen looks at uh, the man. What was his name again? Oh, he never gave a name yet. I don't believe. Okay. Uh, looks at the man and says, can I have your name? Ah, my name is Sukas. All right. Uh, Valen says, uh, well, Sukas, I to get a number out of us. At the beginning of this, I, I feel like we should probably pay a slight bit less than the 120 that you're offering. Uh, obviously, you're trying to get a little bit of coin out of us, and I, I think that 100 coin, 100 gold pieces is more than enough of this. And I'll roll percent, uh, persuasion on that. Sure. Rolling. One that is going to be. Well, he goes. 
he sort of gestures with his offhand to uh, Boomer, who's been invest, who's been very clearly analyzing and judging the quality of this this caravan. Well, if you think that I'm not giving you a proper deal, ask your friend here. He seems to be taking quite an eye to it, and judging by the caliber of the things that he puts on his own body, I imagine he knows how things are put together. What would you say? Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I, I'm an honest gentleman. Uh, this, this cart's pretty good. It it's pretty good. Uh, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Hundred twenty is not not a bad deal. We can split that between us. Uh, this is well built, and it don't look like it's gonna fail us anytime soon. Uh, uh, one last time. <laughs> For my records, can someone tell me what Jess is, Jess's uh, character's name again? Adara. Adara. A A A R A. Like adorable. Yeah. Boom. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, my character was going to say to her in Elvish, um, um, that well, first to get the answers from what the animals had said. Um, after she explains that, um say that he doesn't you know, really trust this guy, feels like he's trying to cheat us, so that she should try and tell him that um, the, the animal said that they could carry double, they could carry 4,000 stones no problem in the desert. Um, okay, so I am... Um, I'm telling him he can, they can carry more than what the wagon... Yeah, in the desert. So the, he said that it would only be able to carry 2,000 in the desert. And based off of them saying we can carry more, like, or much. Yeah. I mean, we'll just use that and be like, well, oh, yeah, they said they could carry more than that, more than 2,000. So. All right, we're losing uh, vexation from this point, but we're probably going to wrap things up here in the next 15 anyway. So, all right, but uh, vexation, make sure you've taxed your gold, the 21. And uh, we'll let you know if there was any other further expenses that they expect you to go in Z's on. All right, so you're going to tell Adara, what are you going to tell the Sukas? Sukas. By the way, it's, it's, it's spelled success, but works are funny. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to try... To, to follow along with this plan, I'm not a very, I'm not very good at the bargaining type thing. Well, or just, just what, what, what do you time. say to this? What do you say to him? Um, I just kind of <laughs> repeat what I was told to say and tell him that, you know, I was like, but the, 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 the lizards are telling me they can carry more than that. And so Sukas sort of looking to you and hearing your information goes, well, that's wonderful. It's good to have beasts that can carry more than you would ever need. However, I'm not trying to sell you the capacity for your beasts. I'm trying to sell you the capacities for this caravan. And if the caravan can't carry more than 2,000 stone safely in the sand, then regardless of what the beasts can pull, the caravan isn't safe to do it. Um. Boomer is going to look at the guy, uh, Sukas, or Success, yeah. or whatever, uh, and he's like, well, would you, how about, I, you know, you're a craftsman, I'm a craftsman, we, we, we do some stuff, uh, I got this finely crafted alcohols here, maybe I could trade it to you for a deal on this cart. 
Well, how much are you trying to bargain? Uh, I give you one jug of this finely crafted moonshine for uh, a knock, 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 knock 15 gold off there. Um, go ahead and give me, like, how many liters is a jug in your mind here? Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, I don't even know. Like, a um, liter? Like, I'll, I'll let you play it however you want. I just, we need to establish this from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it, like, two liters in a jug. Sure. Like, normal, like... Yeah. Uh, Suka says, hmm, I've never been much to drink before a deal is made, but I can't be honest with you without saying properly that I can't take your barter of a liquor if I don't have a sip of it to know if it's good. Not that I doubt. Oh, oh boy, you go ahead and have yourself a sip. Alright, so you hand him a jug, and he puts <laughs> it up to his lips and takes a big orc-sized sip. Wipes his wipes his lips with his other hand and hands it back to you, and you can almost see a little gout of fire breath out of his mouth. He goes, that has kick to it. Yes, sir, it's my mama's recipe. I can tell. Here's what I can do. For a jug of that, I can take five gold off. Mm. You know what? That's a deal. I, I'll give you a jug for five, five gold off. Well, a deal's a deal, and he puts his hand out towards the group, whoever would shake it to make the deal final. Uh, well, I don't know about the deal of the, us buying the cart. But I, if we do buy the cart, I will trade you this here fine jug of alcohols for five gold off of the deal itself. The rest of the, the, the decision is up to my traveling companions. Very well. Well, I agree that I will I will take five off for a jug of your moonshine should you decide to buy this caravan. Now, will you all decide uh, to buy this caravan? I, I look at them and I said, I did my part. Now your turn. Garen would speak up with impatience and say, I'm tired of arguing over pennies. Let's be on our way and get this deal done. I know they're not pennies, but he's 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 impatient. Adara nods. Alright. 120 gold from the party. And by that I mean 115 gold from the party. A jug of moonshine. And uh, you guys have yourself a caravan. How is that I split hand, seven ways? I was going to hand ten gold since I covered a majority of the uh, last cost. Yeah, I'm going to hand over sixty gold. Alright. So how much do we still have? Uh, Fifty, well, forty-five? Is that, or <clears throat> is a platinum ten gold coins? Yep. Yes. Garen, incredibly patient, impatient at this point, just slaps four platinum down. All right. Oh, I also hand over my uh, uh, jug of moonshine. Naturally. Um, I guess after everyone pays up, uh, I'd make a suggestion to visit the shops you need to visit before we leave and to, to gather rations and keep the party in mind as you do so. Well, in the interest of getting the party out of the great city of Yao before tonight's over, let's just say you guys make your way to the pier with your carriage and your, your lizards, 
you find one of the many barges traveling south, and at the mere cost of uh, five gold per, per person for the trip and day labor, if you can, you can make your way to the south tip of the river. Sounds good. Okay. Done. Sounds good to me. Ella catches up with you at the docks and is suitably curious about your choice of mounts. Wait, you got one too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I leave my lizard, his lizard over to him like, hey here old boy, I got you this. It's what I always wanted. Oh man, I, man, we were <laughs> going to get along. Hey, I see that Utah on the back of your back. You know any pixie chicks for the road? <laughs> So, joke a moment no. aside, I will go ahead and say, between this week, between this session and next session, go ahead and make posts on the Facebook group for what additional items you'd like to buy. Go ahead and use the Player's Handbook as a guide. Imagine that you could get any of those items at um, their regular priced value. Um, if you want to buy any additional supplies for the trip, just so we don't have to do nothing but shopping for next week. And... Uh, are you okay. guys are you guys cool. ready to go? Uh, just one quick question: Do we do you monitor food? Just do the thing um, that we monitor. Not particularly, especially when you're not like out in the rough. So like, for okay. while you're in the city, no. While you guys are on the barge, no. Uh, but like when you get off the barge and you start going into the into the desert, yeah, I'm gonna start calculating your food. Cool. All right, sounds good. So I would yeah, definitely so make sure job. that you guys buy water and buy food. Um, so have discussions yeah, on the Facebook group about that. And uh, our um, our excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good, man. Go for it. Our uh, our rations generic, or would I have to say specifically by salted meat or uh, oh, etc. Yeah, I'm not gonna it, get that ugly about it. Good. It'll be like ration one day, meaning that you'll be able to feed your character for a day. Yeah. Okay, I'm more worried about meat for the melts. Well, if it, if that's the case, then just call it double the regular price of feed. Like in the player's handbook, it'll be like okay. feed for a day for a mount. Double the price for that. Okay. Because meat is, you know, for a mount is cheaper than meat for a person, but it's also more expensive than you know ground up vegetables and grain. So. Uh, with the party gearing up, buying last-minute supplies before they head on the river south towards the great desert of Yalzar Majora's southern side, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I'm your dungeon master, Kenny, and with me, is, as, as it is at least for this first time, my party of starting at the, t at the bottom and now we're here, it's L. That's me. Adara. Hello. Valandess. Wait. Yep. Yeah. Farun. Hey. Vexation, who's already had to leave. Bye. Boomer. Hey, y'all have a good night here. And Garen. Hello. Have a nice night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Good night, y'all. Oh, man.